Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and today we're going to be talking about cultural Christianity versus a real or genuine faith. And today with me, I have Mr. John Lewis, all the way from Biloxi, Mississippi, or otherwise out in the ghouls right now. I was going to say he's all the way out from the ghouls. Bye. <laughs> yep, that's me. Good day, everyone. You don't sound like it, though. He's a weird He's a weird one from the ghouls. Oh, so like, I still knew there, but he's yeah. from there. We gotta give him. Eventually, we should next next podcast, John. We're gonna get you to say your best yes by or something. Oh, Good stay idea. tuned, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we also have obviously uh, Mr. David Drover here. Hello, hello. And we have Mr. Curtis Rogers. What do you have, boss? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so, like I said, we're going to talk about culture Christianity, and we've mentioned it multiple times here on the podcast. We've talked about a lot of times that you know that's a that's the religious climate or temperature here in Newfoundland. Uh, but I figure we give some time to actually talk about it and help people to really understand, you know, what it's like to minister to people here in Newfoundland and have, why it's so different, why it's so hard, and why we say it, is it takes at least five years to get a church up and running. You can't just come here and start a church in two years and then up and leave. It's just, no, because basically Newfoundlands are going to up the boot and give it to you anyways. <laughs> because they don't want you here if you're only coming here for two years. Hmm. Um, so with that said, why don't you guys help me out? Like, how, how would we define cultural Christianity? How, how, how would you go about that? Well, I definitely think it's a, a phenomenon that's in Western culture, because you're not going to find it as much um, in the Eastern uh, regions of the world, uh, because here it's kind of like a default Mm-hmm. You know, it's a way of saying, well, I'm not Muslim or Hindu or anything else. I'm, I'm just Christian, meaning you're of the Judeo-Christian Western mindset, more or less. That's one aspect of it. Yeah, it's, it's also a, a long, you know, familial and you know, traditional heritage. You know, everybody's been christened in the Catholic Church or, or baptized as an infant in the Anglican Church or something like that. Those are pretty two, or the United Church, you know, those top three prominent denominations here in Newfoundland and and people hold that with pride uh, mm-hmm. especially ironically especially the people who, who never go that that, that where it's, <laughs> that's that's where the pride seems to be more so than anything else oftentimes which is strange but yeah it's uh it's definitely a, a traditional heritage you know it's tied to um it's, it's tied to you know cultural things political things too you know especially with the Irish heritage mm-hmm. um you know, there's there's definitely a lot of pride in that and feeling like, oh, if I give up this Catholic thing, well, I'm giving up this other part of me as well. And and people are not, although people don't practice it, most people don't, and most people don't really think twice about it. It's just sort of this part of their identity that they hang on to. Well, I mean, even a few few years ago, I mean, I was born in what was called the Grace Hospital here in St. John's. Yeah. And uh, then my parents got smartened up when we lived around the bay, right? So uh, <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> that that is a hit against you townies, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> my book is still coming. No, I'm <laughs> Confessions of a Townie by David Drover. Um, but no, but so the Grace Hospital was the Protestant hospital, and St. Clair's was the Catholic hospital. Yeah. Uh, 
so your Grace Hospital is no longer standing, but we do have the St. Clair's Hospital. But, you know, years ago... Catholics won out by... <laughs> yeah, they won that battle. Yeah. Uh, but no, years ago, if you're a Catholic, you went to St. Clair's. Yeah, that's true. And if you're a Protestant or anything, basically outside of Catholic, yeah. you went to Grace, Grace Hospital. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that was even a division here in the city. You know, I'm only 32, so it endured babies born after me. So I was born, uh, I, in, I was born in Grace in 1998. Right. right? So, so I mean, it was still on the go then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't long ago. Yeah. I mean, I guess to put it really simply, I mean, cultural Christianity would be a religious identity that's based on the culture. And particularly, as John was saying, it's kind of based on the culture that's been here in the West that's kind of outflowed from mm-hmm. where for the past few hundred years, we've been predominantly actually a Christian culture, but now we're kind of out of that and we're heading into a, a post-Christian culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fancy term is Christ. Oh goodness. I don't even know how to say it. Christianum. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's how you say it. I read it all the time, but I don't, <laughs> I don't say it very often. Oh yeah. It's that word. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but yeah, I mean, Curtis, you mentioned it's a family thing as well. So, um, I had a, um, a, a young girl who babysat a few times with me and Sabrina, she came to Calvary one time and, uh, I mean, we've, we've lost touch with her since, which is, yeah, probably COVID and just life. So, uh, maybe we can connect with her again. But she, at, at this point after Calvary, like months after she still hadn't told her father that she attended our church, yeah. which is just up the road from where her parents lived yeah. because her family was Roman Catholic. Yeah. And if she did, she knew that he was going to be like, well, why don't you come to our church? Or why don't you come with us? Meanwhile, her family is now not faithful attending by any means, mm. yeah. but it would be a family thing. Like you've gone against a family. Yeah. Right. So it's that pressure of. It's almost like they'd rather you not go than go somewhere else. Oh, a- absolutely. absolutely. If yeah. you go somewhere else, it's it's a hit against the family. Like, what right. are you doing? Like This is our church. This is a church our family has always gone to. Yeah. And like they don't understand. Um, it can also be like, like you said, like, uh, the culture. So, uh, growing up, I think it was grade five or something. Uh, someone in my class said like, you know, we're all Christian. And I was like, no, nope. no, no, we're not. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's what it means. We're all Christians here. And I was like, do you believe no, I never said it to him, but in my mind, I was like, do you believe Jesus is your Lord and savior? Because by the way, you're acting, you know, going up behind the school and smoking those <laughs> darts, the cigarettes, you're not acting like you follow Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that religious identity, um, it seems to carry a lot of weight here in North America, mm-hmm. and as well as the religious activity, the you know what they call the religiosity of people. Um, they think that makes them Christian, but they're just kind of doing it for their own self-satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, it can also be used as a definition to dis- distinguish yourself from Muslims or from other religions, right? Like, oh no, what are you? Well, you know mom and dad or nana pop or catholic so i'm christian mm-hmm. right and just yeah. that's all it means to them it's just a name tag for where their family came from it's almost like the whole census thing right where it's like oh i gotta check a box uh i guess i'm a christian yeah right yeah like yeah. mom dad what are we yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> right um so if if we if we face this a lot and again like you know a lot of canada faces this a lot of the you know america faces this but uh, is there anything that makes us different in Newfoundland and Labrador? We say this is a hard place to plant. We we really put up, you know, people are very religious here, uh, but just in minded, religious minded, they're very, it's a very dark uh, spiritual atmosphere as well. You can come here and just sense it. 
and see that, you know, people just aren't following God. So what is there anything about Newfoundland that makes it different? John, you had uh, an interesting experience, I believe, with your, your neighbors. Yes. Um, and from just from going off the research, it falls in line with what I've learned in that uh, they very much have that Christian identity, uh, the Catholic identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I kind of probed into that, um, you know, I say, well, what church do you attend? They didn't know the name of the church. Uh, and then the husband said, you know, well, it was like three years ago we attended a christening. And, <laughs> you know, that, that, that told, that's a lot, tells you a lot. They don't know the name of the church and they don't know the, you know, what they believe. They just identify as Christian or Catholic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, I, I think, uh, and I'm sure this is this is true in other places too. But um, one thing that I've noticed, really specifically about Newfoundland, is people are pretty, um, pretty passionate uh, about that heritage. Where you know, p- perhaps in other places, maybe on the mainland and stuff like that, people are just sort of nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, this is me, but you know, whatever you do, you. But you know, if you there, I can. You know, there are places here in towns in Newfoundland where people have tried to come in and start church plants, and um, you know, the Catholics is just one example that they've been run out of town, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, you don't come in and start your own. You know, it's a spirit of denomination denominationalism where you know you're you're not you're not Catholic, so you know we're going to run you out of town, or you're not <laughs> Anglican, or, or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, there are plenty of examples here where people have been run out of town trying to start a church plant, which is. Um, pretty crazy. And, you know, as I, I had a couple of conversations or I had a conversation with someone who said that it's, uh, the ones who attend the churches, normally they might be a little bit more open and receptive. It's the ones that don't, that seem to be more, um, full of spit and vinegar and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think another thing too, and this may not be, um, again, kind of like Curtis said, I don't know if this is exclusive to Newfoundland, but where we have, and we've kind of already mentioned it, but where we have such high family culture and high value on the family um, and that, that connection between the family and also the Christianity or, or the religion, whatever you call it, um, there is a huge cost for a lot of people here if mm-hmm. they decide to you know, basically leave their church or go to another church, um, which can make it very difficult because, um, I mean, it can, it can mean so... In terms of is Newfoundland a hard place? Yes, because for somebody who might go to our church, our new church plant, who's never been to another church, if they go to mom and dad, as I think even you kind of reference Adam and say, oh, hey, look, I've started going to this new church, even if they haven't attended their Catholic church in their whole life. It might have been like confirmed when you're like 12 or something. Or yeah, their, their parents might be very mad at them for a very long time and Mm -hmm. not talk to them or just totally, you know, want them out of the family or what, like there are pretty big family religious, like it can get pretty messy. Um, And again, I don't know if that's exclusive to Newfoundland, but it is definitely something we face here. Well, we got, we got to realize too, and John, I don't know if you know this, but we had a denominational school system up until I believe it was 1997. Yep. That's right. Uh, So I grew up going to a Pentecostal school up until grade three, grade four, I started the public school system. So I remember going to Pentecostal school. I remember had doing Bible study as part of my courses. I remember having prayer. Uh, I remember all of these things and what it was like to visit the public school. Uh, and they brought us into like the grade 
four, grade three classrooms at that time because we were going into grade four. And they asked us, do you know anyone here? So if you had a friend, you would partner up with them. And it was basically just to help you get introduced to the school. And in grade four, we started there, the public school system. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's not that long ago. 1997 is not that long ago where we even what school you went to was based off of what church you were from. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it, it's it's ingrained into our culture, uh, which, may, which makes us very unique, I would think. So with that said, how would you go about evangelizing, like sharing the gospel, explaining to someone what it means to actually be a Christian? Like someone who already thinks that they're a Christian here in Newfoundland, who would use that term, or they say, "Oh, I, I went to mass, or I went to a kid's uh, child's christening three years ago. I don't know what church is, but I was there three years ago." Uh, like, how would you go about speaking into your life and explaining what the gospel is and what it means to have true faith? You got to start with a, a form of analysis. You know, you've got to ask them what is it specifically that you believe to find out what they do know and what they do not know, and also what they might have wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I remember talking to, um, I think it was a lady in uh, Chicago, uh, and, you know, she was professing herself to be a Christian, and but her understanding was that Jesus was a moral teacher God selected to do this thing on earth Mm. for the rest of us. It's like, no, 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 you've got it. And then you have to kind of show them the way, you know, show them reading scripture to them, having them help them understand it. it sometimes it can be just, you know, maybe a few minutes and then other times it's going to take weeks, months or years. Hmm. That, that's, a, that's a good point because I think we do take things for granted when people say, you know, I, I'm a Christian. We know they mean culturally, but we take for granted how like massive core doctrines of the faith people just don't know about. Like yeah. I know plenty of people who call themselves Catholic and not recognize that a belief of Christianity is that Jesus is God. Yeah, right? I think the time is gone in Newfoundland for us to assume that people yeah. know what the church believes, yeah. even if it's the Catholic Church, the yeah. Roman Catholic Church. Uh, I think the time is gone when we, you know, we can't no longer we can no longer assume that younger generations, e- even from like forty down, yeah, exactly yeah. know what the church believes. I mean, they might. Uh, but you know what they say when you assume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, it's. I had. And I'm gonna share this story as well. But it's, it's a very striking story to me when I worked in the our mall here at the rec room, which is kind of like a Dave and Buster's thing. A lot of like uh, games they give you. Well, digital tickets now they don't longer print their tickets. Dude, we have so many people come in. I got a side story. We had so many people come in when this place opened. They kept tickets from the old. Uh, arcade that was in the mall. Oh, I mean, my. they came in with a big <laughs> yeah. old bag full of tickets, and they're like, "Hey, what can I get get for these?" And we're like, uh, "Nothing." <laughs> they're like, "Well, can you put these on this card so I can you know go buy something?" We're like, "No." no. Like, and they got so angry. We're like, "We're not affiliated with them. Like, just because we kind of have arcade <laughs> games doesn't mean we're the same thing." Yeah. And so many people were like, "Where do the tickets come in?" And we're like, "It's all on your bracelet. It's all digital now." And people, yeah, it was so interesting to see how people reacted to it. But anyway, so there's a young uh, young woman I work with. She was like early twenties, and she told me a story about how um, Jehovah's Witness. She knew was a pastor, so they like they like to bring up religion around me a lot, which is fantastic. I, yeah. I loved it. Um, but she told me about Jehovah's Witness and know how they cornered her and her boyfriend's mother outside of her house. They were locked out and they didn't have anywhere to oh. go. <laughs> so they were stuck talking to them. And, you know, that's a classic thing. Like, you know, 
hide away from Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. or don't yeah. open the door. Right, yeah, close the blinds. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she started talking to him, and I explained to her what the difference was between what Christians believe and what Jehovah's Witness believe. You know, the main thing uh, on our on a previous podcast, talk about Arianism and how they believe that Jesus is a created being, yeah. right? The first of all creation, but still a created being and not God, not one of essence, but God, not you no know, co-equal in majesty, uh, co-eternal in glory. Uh, they they deny that. Yeah. So I said, no, we believe Jesus is God, and she's, oh, is that what we believe? <laughs> I I just stared yeah. at her. I was like, it's what I believe. I don't know right? about you, my dear, but. <laughs> Right, so she, her parents were Roman Catholic, you know, probably were brought up to be confirmed or whatever in the church. Yeah, didn't attend anymore, so she knew that there was some sort of Rome, Roman Catholicism in her family, and what she was meaning basically was like, so that's what the church believes. Yeah, but she, you know, identifying as a Roman Catholic, probably never having really set foot in the church, she had no idea that Christians actually believe that Jesus was God. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, and that that is common. I've seen that a lot. And you see it now, especially in social media. Uh, people become very religious when something bad is happening, such like as an illness or a, you know, a wayward yeah. child or something like that. You see all these generalized God memes yeah, yeah. Of, mm-hmm. that are like, you know, posted as a form of prayer. Oh, dude, and it's so weird. Like when they mix that with good vibes. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> I'm like, what the, what in the world are good vibes? What's that gonna like? Oh, yeah. no, sending prayer and good vibes your way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, My thoughts are with you. Is that through FedEx? Is that through? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see a lot of mixing, mixing and matching, like karma. Mm-hmm. People are mixing yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, what tends to follow a lot of cultural Christianity stuff is universalism as well. Mm-hmm. People don't like the idea of the justice and wrath of God. That's People really don't like the idea of the inerrancy of Scripture. All of that seems to get thrown out the window with cultural Christianity. So how do we take someone then from cultural Christianity, again, into real faith? How do we show them that difference? Yeah, well, I think I think kind of what John said. I mean, this is probably more of a general, general just sharing your faith anyways. Um, I think his name, is it Greg Kokel? Just Kokel? Yeah, Greg Kokel, yeah. Um, in his book, Tactics, you know, he writes about kind of asking driving the conversation by asking lots of questions. Yep. Kind of what John said earlier about analyzing, but you can ask them lots of questions about what they believe and then kind of gather information and, and stuff like that as you do it. So I think taking that posture of asking questions and listening is so important. But again, I think we've already kind of hit it on the head. What you have to ask them and, and try and kind of lead them to is, well, you've, you've got to start with the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, So you say you're a Christian. What does that mean? And if yeah. they can't tell you, yeah, then you know that's that's already something that you should. Then you could say, well, maybe you should think about calling. Like, why do you call yourself a Christian if you don't know what that means? Yeah, right. So, and so, then, so what things are we looking for then? What what should they be able to affirm? Yeah. So I mean, absolutely, that's a great question. So I think John hit it a little bit um, when he was talking about, and I mean, we've we've been talking about the church in general. Um, I mean, there's a reason that we all go to church. So this is just one of one of a few. So I guess this will, I can kick us off with this one. But when you become a Christian, you know, you're you're entering into, uh, well, you should be entering into a body. Like you're you're becoming a part of the church mm-hmm. universally. Um, we find and, that we find that in First Corinthians, the body of body of Christ. Yeah, yep. exactly. And you know, so with that, you also need to find your local expression of that of that body in, in that local church. So there there is a. And I mean, actually, we should probably do. I don't know if we've done a 
podcast on ecclesiology in church. Should definitely do because we have a very distinct ecclesiology here at yeah. Bible Mission. So stay tuned for that. That can be another episode <laughs> later. So maybe I won't go too deep into that. But anyways, it's very important for um, Christians to be involved at a local church, to be a part of a local church. Um, and that's actually, you know, the church itself is a gathering of Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of by definition, being a Christian is being a part of the church. So anyways, so that that's one thing. I mean, another thing about being a Christian, as you guys have said, it means believing the right things, believing things like Jesus was actually God, um, believing in things like the gospel, see back to... Yeah, and focusing on the... Two and three, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah focusing on the core... You know, the, the aspects of man being fallen, dead in sin, mm-hmm. Jesus, and, you know, not getting off on those tangents of, well, how do you baptize? Well, what do you think yeah, the practice exactly. represents? Yeah, you know? then, then That's people, all secondary. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. guess it, uh, you can almost sort of come back to the whole God-man-Christ response thing, if, mm-hmm. if that makes things easier. Like, well, this is who God is, and this is who we are, and, you know, that's a problem, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. God is holy and we're not, uh, which is, I don't think, something that a lot of cultural Christians have really reconciled in their heads. Yep. yep. Um, but when you when you sort of explain that, and okay, this is what Jesus did, this is why he came, and this is why that's good news for us, um, mm-hmm. then you can start to sort of um, piece together things. And, li- and like you said, the whole tactics thing is great because I find even just those first two things, well, what do you mean by that and how did you come to that conclusion, mm-hmm. like are immensely helpful when just mm-hmm. talking with people who just sort of have these general beliefs but haven't really parsed them out. Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you read Elisa uh, uh, Childer's book on Another, Another Gospel, gospel yeah. she shares a brief story about how she was wrestling uh, constantly with this pastor who was a progressive pastor, and she was trying to you know, come to terms with what he was saying and what she thought she believed and just trying to figure it all out and so she asked him like do you believe that you know the bible was inspired and then in the next class he said that it wasn't like you know you you couldn't you could take bits and pieces you no know, it was kind of like written by man you know it just errors in it and she's like wait a second you like when we talked on the phone you said that you believe it was inspired and uh, he took a she'll say he took a, a break and then he looked at the class. He said, by inspired, I mean like a work of art or a novel is inspired. Yeah. And so that's, that's where that question comes into. What do you mean by that? Like getting getting people's definition, because when someone says, like, I'm a Christian, it's like, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, what does being a Christian mean to you? Does it mean that Jesus is your Lord in Christ? Yeah. Does it does it mean that you believe he's the son of God, that he is God incarnate? It doesn't mean that you believe that your sins were paid for on the cross, that he raised from the dead. Do you affirm these things? Or does it mean that, again, nan and pop or mom and dad, there's some sort of church history in my family, so that's what it means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nan says the rosary, and she wants me to come to Mass mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. So Yeah, <laughs> but I guess, I mean, I guess to give a really simple, like, because, I mean, often the simple is what you want when you're having these day-to-day conversations. And I feel like you could kind of sum it up, you know, to be a Christian means to have a real relationship with God through believing in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. And if we go to like um, Romans Romans 10, just bring some scripture into it. Romans 10, 9, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very popular one for, you know, how, how do you be saved? Well, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
right? So, and then he goes on down. He works into like, how can you believe if you don't know about him? Uh, how can you believe if you haven't heard of him? So he gives a case for preaching there and you know, explaining the gospel. Uh, and then 17 says, so faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have, right? Uh, but there are people who right now who haven't actually heard the gospel preached to them, mm-hmm. right? So how can you say you're a Christian if you don't even know this Christ who you're claiming mm-hmm. and to be modeled after? Yeah, and just and just to fill us out a little bit too, I, mean, I know we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but mm-hmm. what's meant by believing in Christ isn't just coming to the front and saying a prayer. Or like, um, I, I believe he was a real person. That's, yeah. That's not... I mean, if we look in other places, like in Acts 2, after Peter... Um, preaches this sermon and everybody like a lot so many of these people are just very convicted about because he, he basically says you know you killed jesus the one who was like god himself right? god incarnate you, he was the messiah and you killed them you they're killed all them. there and they say you know it says they were cut to the heart um in acts chapter 2 verse 37 um and they say brothers what shall we do and then peter says repent and be baptized every one of you so there's this also i mean part of what it means to become a Christian too. It's not just, I mean, yes, it is all belief, mm-hmm. but what that, what genuine belief looks like is repentance. It's turning away from sin, turning to Christ. And I think a really great book, um, and I mean, obviously this is, you know, something I've been studying a lot. I've been preaching, well, actually just finished preaching through First John. But if you read First John, it's such a great book for this this subject because throughout the whole letter, he's basically holding up you know, he's writing to these churches that are influenced by false teachers, mm-hmm. by people who are basically saying, maybe not cultural Christianity, but there's something that you're missing, something that you don't have. Jesus isn't all that you need. There's something else. Yep. Right? And he's writing to these group of, of Christians, and he's saying, no, Jesus is what you need. And to have assurance, this is what he, he constantly holds up. This is what true Christianity looks like. Mm-hmm. This is what it doesn't look like. Right? This and is how you these, know that you're in Christ. Yeah, there's right? constantly, like, you know, if anyone does this, then they're in the light. They're they're like a believer. If, but if they don't do this, then they're a liar. And they right. He's constantly contrasting. So mm-hmm. it's a great book. Like if you want to, and I mean, of course, what you see that the general themes is that Christians, you know, real Christians believe in Jesus Christ, that He is the Messiah, that He is God, and that then changes them to live a life full of of love and and obedience and. And all these kinds of things, and so. yeah, Paul's witness, you know, throughout Acts, um, and Peter's as well. Um, he always brought it back to the resurrection, you know, as a core belief. Mm-hmm. And you know, when he would talk about Jesus, and and my mind always goes to First um, Corinthians fifteen, those uh, verses yeah. like three to nine, I believe it is, where he just kind of gives you the core gospel message. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I use sometimes when I, I talk to uh, people who think they're Christian, but they don't know what they believe. I always kind of reference that. And I'll say, this is kind of like your core gospel message here. And, you know, do you, is this what you believe or do you need to investigate further and, and then go from there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to challenge this to, for anyone who's listening that, you know, this isn't just for people who are in pastoral ministry isn't just for people who are, have theological training. Uh, you should be being discipled in the local church uh, because Scripture says that we should be prepared to give a testimony, to be defend what we believe. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it mm. so that when you come to these people, you can bring up, uh, do you believe this? Or what do you mean by that? 
you know, do you believe in this? Because then those are ways to open doors to have conversations with people, right? First Peter 3 says, and now this is about suffering for good, uh, but he goes on to say, but even if you should suffer for righteous, righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. So P- Peter's saying, like, regardless of what's going to happen, give it, be ready, be prepared to give a defense, know what you believe, but do it with gentleness and respect. Right? Don't be yelling at someone's face. Mm-hmm. Don't be, quote, unquote, you know, shoving the gospel or the Bible down someone's throat. Right? Or here in Newfoundland, don't shove that down my throat. <laughs> right? But it, it, do it in the right way. Do it in a godly way where you know what you believe and you know how to address these main points to your faith yeah. that we need to affirm mm. to be Christians. Yeah. And we have an example of that. Jesus. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right? If you look how Jesus approached people oh, yeah. and he yeah. still convicted people, he still preached, repent, you know, the kingdom of heaven is near, repent and believe, right? And nor was Jesus always fluffy well, he was never fluffy but like he was not always well i shouldn't say not nice i mean he could be pretty harsh and blunt let's say it that way mm-hmm. i mean you see times too where he's i mean when he's in the temple flipping tables and that's not always the picture of jesus that we like to see but sometimes it is required to be but yeah and what is it why were we called christians again we we're called like it was little christ yeah. right it was it was what the secular world called yeah. us, right? Imitators of Christ. Exactly. Yeah. So if Jesus worked this way, then we should be modeling him, mm-hmm. right? So again, like these are ways one to you know, to tell the difference between cultural Christianity and true faith. One fruits of the spirit. Are you modeling Christ? Are you actually being an imitator of the one you say you have faith in? Yeah. Uh, and then how to reach out to them? You know, go through the aspects of the faith. Ask these questions. Ask what they mean. Um, you know, and why is it so important even that they identify themselves this way? Right here in Newfoundland, it's such a huge thing. It's still so recent, the closure of these schools and the integration of, you know, faith and hospitals and everything. So it, it's a great place to start and have these conversations. Like, what does it mean for you to be Catholic? What does it mean for you to be Christian? And then going, well, this is what it means for me. And then hopefully you have the chance by God's grace to take them through scripture and show them. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for this chat so much. Really appreciate it. If you're listening, again, look for the new episodes. Um, probably, you know, as Dave said, we'll do one very soon. I'd say on the local church and the importance of that and what our ecclesiology or theology around the church is here at Mile One Mission and why we believe it to be so important. In the meantime, stay true to your Bibles, and uh, we'll catch you again next week. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.